0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and today we're going to talk with entrepreneur, author, and nationally syndicated columnist, Rhonda Abrams. She, her column in USA, Today, called Successful Strategies, is one of the most widely distributed columns on small business and entrepreneurship in the United States, reaching, get this, tens of millions of readers each week. We're going to also talk about her latest book called Bringing the Cloud Down to Earth, How to Choose, Launch, and Get the Most from Cloud Solutions for Your Business, a very, very hot topic. So, Rhonda, thanks for joining me.
1: Well, thank you, John, for having me.
0: I can't believe this is the first time I've had you on the show because we have sort of crossed paths so many times uh, in the last probably 10 years that uh, I, I'm, I'm really thrilled to be able to do this.
1: And, and I can honestly say I'm thrilled to be here, too. I've followed you with uh, great admiration for many years.
0: So, this term "cloud" has become one of those that um, means a lot of things to people means nothing to people <laughs> is is sort of hard to pin down so let's let's start there uh, i mean let's let's at least have a baseline when when people talk about the cloud you know what are we really talking about for business
1: well you're right it it can apply to a lot of different things, and the cloud in the broadest sense means basically having something that's Um, either stored or provided from the Internet rather than on your on-premise solutions like servers or hard drives on your computers. Um, So it could be storage. It could be uh, computing capability. It could be a variety of different things. But in terms of what I've written about and where small businesses really care about the cloud, it really means this term that's sometimes called SaaS or Software as a Service which basically means putting your business applications on an Internet-hosted company rather than having to be fully responsible for those kinds of um, applications on your own servers or hard drive.
0: So, in other words, for everybody that's... Maybe used Excel for the you know a million years uh, on their computer or on their server. Now we're talking about Google Docs and those types of things that that you go online and and you through a web browser you use, right?
1: Correct. I think I think a lot of people may be familiar with Google Docs, but I think even easier than thinking about Google Docs is thinking of Gmail
0: or Hotmail
1: right. or Yahoo Mail, which you know many companies and many individuals once upon a time had their email on a mail exchange server or something like that Um, and now they have something on like Gmail where they can get access to their mail anywhere they are and they're not responsible for maintaining the back end. But for small businesses, you know, there's just an explosion of new services that makes your life so much easier and gives you so much more power because uh, they're providing the service, not just storage, but real powerful services for small business.
0: Well, and, and really a lot of the old entrenched, you know, maybe kicking and screaming, but the old entrenched players, desktop players like the Microsofts of the world, are, are making uh, all of their software available as a service as well, aren't they?
1: And They are, and, and it's really a challenge for them to be making this transition uh, because I think people want this kind of uh, – capabilities and this always available wherever you are. So, I mean, mobility is one of the great advantages. It's not certainly not the only advantage, um, but one of the great advantages, you know, so I'm no longer tied to my own computer when I want to be able to do uh, Microsoft Word or Outlook or whatever, but be able to have that capability anywhere else. But, I mean, I think if we were going to talk about, particularly for your listeners who are interested in marketing, I think one of the first kinds of cloud-based services that they may want to take their f- – uh, a step into, other than mail, is um, email newsletters. I mean, that, I think maybe I'm projecting on my part, because that was one of the first things that I did in the cloud that was just like addictive. So when you, what I had had happen in my business is we had a, a supposedly monthly email newsletter to people who had signed up to follow my column and all. And it took a staff member here at least two to three days to manage Putting everything together, they had to know how to use Dreamweaver. They had to maintain uh, not very well the, the mailing list and keep changes. And we switched to an online email newsletter service, and suddenly, you know, uh, somebody in my staff can do it for th- in 30 minutes. We have so much more power. We have analytics, and that's a word you want to know remember for the cloud. We can find so much more information about who's opening what and how often. It's just. It's so much easier and cheaper to do, even though there's a fixed cost. It's, it's wonderful.
0: Well, and, and I wonder sometimes, you know, we talk about this with this whole idea of, you know, moving on to the cloud and that all this is changing. I wonder how many small businesses out there, though, ha, ha, it's almost not really an issue in some ways because, so many of the things that they've adopted mainly because they were cheaper and faster and they had access to them or or maybe they had virtual workers so they had to figure out how to do project management. I mean, I, I for one, and I know I'm not, you know, I'm not classic, classic example of a small business sometimes, but I can't think of anything we don't do on the cloud. Um, And I wonder if that's becoming more and and more the case.
1: Absolutely, John. I think... Startups particularly, if you're starting a new business, you're going to start almost everything in the cloud. You're going to start your storage in the cloud. You, know, you're going to, you may start your um, QuickBooks or other accounting in the cloud, which is something that small businesses um, often are one of the last things that they move to the cloud. Uh, you're certainly going to start like your customer relationship management with something like Salesforce in the cloud. So startups, first of all, you can start in many cases free or cheap, like Google Apps. You know, instead of buying a a Microsoft Office Suite, you can get Google Apps for free. So I think startups are doing it. And a lot of um, savvy small businesses are moving very quickly to it. But existing businesses, you know, there's another word to remember, which is migrating. Because you have all this data, you need, in many cases, some help making the change from your on-premise current uh, application to the cloud. And I think that's one of the reasons I wrote the book.
0: Yeah, and and as I said, maybe I'm not typical because there certainly is that you know, small manufacturer, for example, that that's maybe got a room full of servers that is doing some things and running their their data and running their processes and and storing you know all of the customer information. I mean, you know, what what is the process for somebody like that 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 maybe is saying, well, gosh, you know, I'm leasing this stuff for tens of thousands of dollars a month. I mean, it, you know, obviously you don't just flip a switch and say, well, now we're on the cloud. I mean, what what's kind of the process for maybe? Somebody saying, I know I need to do this because it's costing me and because maybe I'm falling behind in some innovation. You know, what's the process for getting started on that?
1: Well, first of all, I think you've just picked up a really important thing, that you there is a cost in falling behind, because we're, we're talking about all of the convenience of these kinds of services, but the power of them is really amazing. But to get back to your question about sort of the process of transitioning, um, I think you're absolutely right. I'm sitting here, let's say, with an, a bunch of servers. I've got, you know, 10 years' worth of data. I have um, industry-specific applications. It's not an easy step necessary necessarily to move, you know, this stuff to the cloud. Generally, that kind of business is going to make a decision when there's a critical turning point. In my own business, for instance, what we're doing, dealing with right now is our server has basically come to the end of its lifespan. We have we now need to go to QuickBooks Enterprise. We've outgrown our QuickBooks. And so we have a number of turning points where we would need to be doing upgrades. And that's a natural time to make the change because I'm looking at either making a large capital investment or switching over to just operational expenses. And so it saves me the thousands of dollars I'd be spending now and um, changing that into a monthly expense and it's a natural transition time. But even in our case, a very small business, we need some help doing it. So you often if you are a business that's already up up and operating, you have lots of customers, you have lots of data, you probably are gonna need some IT help to help in that transition. But many of the people, many of the services have um third party providers who can help you do the transition. So when we transition for instance, from Act to uh, Salesforce, Salesforce could recommend a number of IT providers to help us do that.
0: Yeah, and and I think that there are some, especially when you're in this transition phase, I mean, there are some actual tools that people employ to maybe help integrate some of the fact that, you know, they want every, they want all their data talking to each other. In fact, one of my favorite lines somebody told me years ago is, if you have data in two places, it's wrong in one. Um yeah. And, you know, so so obviously this, this idea of maybe we have to have some in-house or, you know, on-site. We have to, we have, we're using some of these tools or transitioning some of these tools. And you and I were... Um, uh, in Austin, uh, recently nice. together down at Dell, and and they talked about a service that I th- I think you write about in the book that I, I think do. is really fascinating that they call Boomi. You want to, you know, I know you're not here right. to make an ad for Dell, but <laughs> I think it's I think that it's really a fascinating tool.
1: And I was just going to say, I think uh, so. We're going to talk about another word for people to remember in addition to migration and analytics, and that's integration, right. and the idea of having one um, database one Service, be able to talk to another. And uh, Boomi is a company that Dell bought um, I think last year and that it is an easy, relatively, um, service to be able to help you integrate and connect um, various different uh, services that you have one to another. And they have some pre-built ones so that you can connect, let's say, QuickBooks to Salesforce so that your salespeople could immediately see what has actually gone on with the accounts that they're selling to. So, uh, and or if they, a salesperson takes a, a an order, it can generate an invoice in QuickBooks. And you can, I mean, just talking about that, you can see how much time and money it saves you, because there's no double entry. There's, as you said, um, not the problem of having something go wrong. You know, where they add an extra zero to the order, um, or drop, worse even drop a zero from the order. Uh, so uh, I think that kind of communication between these services are is really going to be something that's important and let me also say there's integration be- besides cloud to cloud there's cloud to on premise because most small businesses of any size have an industry specific software application that they love and use and it's the backbone of their company, so you know if you're if you're a citrus you know grower. You probably have an agricultural software program that you're using that helps you figure that out. You want to be able to tie that application that may not be available in the cloud, you may not want it in the cloud, to some of the cloud-based solutions that are out there. And that's what Boomi can help you do. Um, And I'm sure there are others besides Boomi, but Boomi is the one that I know about and that uh, Dell is certainly making a big commitment to help make available for small and medium-sized businesses.
0: One of the things that I like about the book, and again, we're talking about bringing the cloud down to earth. And one of the things I like about it is you have a lot of examples, kind of many case studies, and then uh, all the worksheets, you know, for somebody that's here's all the things to consider on your list. But um, do you want to, and I I sometimes put authors on the spot this way, but uh, I know in doing the research for the book, uh, is there kind of a favorite example or two where somebody, you know, made this transition and it just. Saved them a whole bunch of money, or just really allowed them to grow, or really changed kind of the the whole dynamic of their business. Even
1: well, and, and thanks and thanks for the plug. Yes, there are a lot of different examples in here, and worksheets is a you know, worksheets are a hallmark of all of our books. We really like to make these actionable so that. You can go through checklists when looking at somebody, you know, that you're considering a software, you know, a a cloud service, or things to ask a cloud service provider. So we really want this book to be something that you use to help you make these choices when and whether to to go to the cloud. But one of my favorite examples is a company called Isis, and and they run uh, in-home nursing care, and they switch to services where on their um, nurses' mobile phones they could sign in, keep track of their hours, get their assignments, do calendaring, and it freed up a tremendous amount of staff time in doing this kind of scheduling um, and in doing billing and invoicing because um, you know the nurse didn't have to go back to their house and write up a paper invoice and send it to the central office, and the central office had to then enter it it was all done really on the fly. Now, that kind of specialized cloud service was something they had developed for them, but more and more you're going to be able to get off-the-shelf kinds of things. So, um, you know, there's plenty of off-the-shelf kinds of services that are now coming for, like, hair salons or other kinds of things where people can make reservations online.
0: Yeah, I I think anybody that does an appointment-based business and doesn't have an online scheduling is missing the boat because there's certainly a whole segment of the market generation whatever you want to blame it on you know that that would much rather uh make a few clicks on their phone and schedule their massage or their oil change than to pick up a phone and have to do it
1: and they're doing it on their phones too and yeah, a lot of these yeah. services are mobile enabled so you know if you're out and about and you suddenly think "Ugh, oh, i'm in my car i realize i need an oil change i'm going to pull over and make an appointment rather than I'm going to remember to do this when I get back to my home or uh-huh. my
0: office. So the, the, the- this is less. I, I hear this less and less. But certainly four or five years ago, uh, you know, there was this. Oh, I'm not putting my financial data up on the cloud. I mean, it's not safe there. And of course, you know, then they would back up a few disks and have them sitting on the corner of their desk. Where I'm not sure they were safe there either. But uh, <laughs> um, but that's you know that's certainly one that you deal with in the book, and it's still it's still out there. You know, what what concerns you know are there that somebody should have uh, if you know, if they're going sort of both feet in this direction?
1: Well, I, I think those are realistic concerns. I think I, I think it's realistic to be concerned about privacy and security and, the long ter- and as well the long-term stability of your provider. Uh, I think you want to make sure if you're going to be putting your data and especially financial data um, on somebody's uh, site that, first of all, they're going to be here a few years from now. So I think that's one of the first things. I think many people don't even think about that, but, you know, Uh, We're right now in an explosion of cloud-based companies. So, you know, me personally, if I'm going to put my data... In a cloud-based solution, and I am, it's going to be with Intuit, the maker of QuickBooks, because I'm pretty confident that they're going to be around for another 10 years.
0: Um, yeah, and I mean, that's a great point, too, though, because it's not just, well, security, of course, is a big issue, but also it's reliability, too, because I mean, if you've got your customers rocking and rolling using a certain uh, customer service tool or something, and they love it, and they get used to it, and all of a sudden that company goes away, I mean, the disruption could be pretty, uh, pretty brutal.
1: And reliability is uptime. You know, how, how do I feel like the company has the resources that when there's an outage, and there will almost certainly at some point be some kind of outage, that that's going to be a very minor uh, period of time, and I'll be very minimally disrupt, disrupted. You know, mind you, my own server going down, I'm much more likely to be disrupted, uh, and it's going to be costly, and it's going to be on a Sunday, and it's going to be, you know, I'm going to have to pay double time to an IT person to get out there and fix. And, you know, small businesses are notoriously bad for backing up and sooner or later, you know, you may face an emergency um, where, you know, I live in earthquake country and there's floods and fires and tornadoes and hurricanes. And if you cannot recover your financial data, you are going to have a much, much harder time getting an SBA recovery loan or, or help. So you want to be able to have that data backed up somewhere. Whether or not you're using a cloud-based service, you want to make sure your financial data is somehow or another offsite backup, and that usually means some kind of transfer uh, over the internet. And if you're not doing that, whatever you think you're doing isn't secure enough. You know, you're putting it in a fireproof safe, and you're, you know, remember when you remember to back up, you think you're doing it. You know, once a week, or, but it turns out to be once every two months. So this is automatic, and it's something you don't even have to think about so th- there's a certain kind of security there as well. I mean, there is always a trade off of security uh to some degree. nothing is you know a thousand percent, but I think in many cases these cloud-based services have Uh, the ability to provide much greater security than you can on your own.
0: Well, that was the point I was kind of trying to make, too, is, I mean, a lot of people, you know, their offices aren't where maybe the only place the data is stored. Not very secure place a lot of times. I mean, you know, some of these uh, data storage facilities are like the Pentagon in terms of trying to get into them. And, uh, you know, your little office, somebody kicks the door in and steals your backup disks. You know, you're you're, uh, not very secure in that regard either.
1: The janitorial service decides yeah. to walk off with your server. Exactly. exactly. You know, somebody, some temporary person, and they're right. them where you are. I mean, yep. so there's relatively different levels of kind of uh, security that you're dealing with. Re- so.
0: Redundancy is a really, really good thing.
1: <laughs> and, you know, but, but here's the thing, and I, I definitely want to make sure that people know this. The cloud makes all of this so much easier. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the the main reason I'm moving everything to the cloud, besides power, is to get rid of my headaches. Um, you know, I, I'm trading unexpected cost and continual headaches about IT. I don't want to think about my IT. You know, I don't want to think about my technology. I want it just to work so I can concentrate on my business. And I think a lot of small business owners are in that situation. And especially when it comes to marketing, and I, I know a lot of your listeners are particularly interested in marketing. There's so many strong marketing tools now. I mean we haven't talked about the specifics of some of the uh, capabilities that come with let's say using an email newsletter marketing service where you can have trigger marketing you can you can do testing as to which ab testing of which you know um uh, kinds of newsletter or offer gets the best results you can do all the kinds of things that would have cost you a fortune and taken a lot of time you know with a few clicks uh, and literally you know in a half an hour you could plan a a campaign that would have taken you tons of money and tons of time to do. So I think that leveling the playing field, which is a term that's overused, I think these services really do help achieve a lot of that.
0: Well, not to mention the the real time feedback and metrics. We just this afternoon launched a campaign, and we weren't seeing the uh, we weren't seeing the clicks or, or actually the the conversions that we expected that we knew we would get from this particular campaign. And we immediately moved. Um, a buy button on a page and boom, it changed it, you know, right. immediately. So, so that's the other thing I love is the sort of real-time feedback that you get.
1: Right. And even people who don't have a lot of time to spend on their marketing, here's something that, like trigger marketing. You can set up in your email marketing newsletter where if somebody clicks on, let's say, a product and they don't buy, they don't then click to the buy button, a week later they get a 20% discount on that product to maybe move them forward on it or three days later or something. So that kind of marketing capability was way beyond small businesses before. It just was not really easy. You could set that up once and it can be there forever, you know? You it just you don't have to continually maintain those kinds of things.
0: So I'm uh we, we've exhausted our time, Rhonda. I'm talking to Rhonda Abrams, and we are talking about bringing the cloud down to earth. And before I let you go, though, um, I was going to have you share the fact that you can actually, certainly the book will be uh, for sale wherever books are sold, uh, but uh, there's also the ability to download uh, an ebook book version um, of the book, and uh, I can either share it or you can share it. But uh, Why don't you uh, go ahead
1: and share it?
0: Just right, say just, thanks to Dell. <laughs> it uh, can be found at Dell cloudapplications.com forward slash cloud dash ebook hyphen ebook and uh, actually if uh, if you're listening to this driving down the road then uh, just uh, go to go to my uh, podcast site you know where it is on my blog and uh, I'll have the link there as well so Rhonda thanks so much for joining me this was great I uh, have a sense that we will probably make a, a stronger effort to bump into each other out there on the road
1: Well, it was a pleasure, John.
0: All right. Take care.